Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. I'm your host as always, Eli McCowan, and today I am joined by Joe Dandre and Ben Gumbel to talk about some the Michigan State defense. Guys, how are we doing today? Tuesday? Yeah, it felt like Thursday earlier today. I was just getting all confused. I'm pretty online class, man. I hate it. I think, like, this semester, even though versus, like, the spring, I was just talking about with Gumble before we got on, like, I feel like we're way more busy than what we were, like, last spring when we all went home than what we are now. Like, I feel like I don't have a minute to even do anything at all. Yeah. Also, it's not even Tuesday. I just said it was Tuesday. It's Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, so what the hell? I don't think anyone is uh, happy with Zoom University so far. No, it's absolutely the worst. But uh, Gumble, I'm going to swing this swing over to you for a second here. But we got some news yesterday that MSU hockey's starting to come back. I mean, yeah. some really exciting news. I mean, being our hockey reporter last year, Brennan, I mean, how exciting is this for you? I mean, what are some of the things you're looking forward to with that coming back? It's exciting. I mean, obviously you thought they were going to start in the spring, so it's cool that they're going to get things going in like a month from now. But, I mean, it's going to be a relatively new team. They lose Kodorenko, Lethman, who were their two like driving forces last year. So they got, I think, 10 new guys or something like that. Um, and, yeah, the Big Ten is obviously a really tough conference, and then adding Arizona State to that. So I think it's going to be pretty much like a basically normal season for them. So I'm glad they were able to get things going, especially earlier than they thought. It's just, it was insane here having that come up because I thought for sure it was going to be like a spring thing or something. Yeah. But knowing that they're good to get to play soon, that's pretty awesome. And then add in yeah. a new element. So the they, got the, they got the new arena this year too, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, how did you feel about the Arizona State thing? That came out of nowhere. And when I got the press release and I was writing the story, I had to like read it like three oh. times to try to pick that up. There's no Pac-12 for hockey. They're, like, kind right. of just an outlier. So, they're a good program, though. I mean, they're, like, top 10. They're always ranked. They're solid. They, I think they swept Michigan State last year. So, I think, I mean, it, it's a good addition. It'll be good games. Oh, I'm really excited for it. But, yeah. yeah, now we're wrapped up with that. I mean, today we're going to be discussing the Michigan State defense for football. Um it's a defense that loses its orchestrator over the last over a decade with uh, Mark D'Antonio retiring in February of this year. Um, he, I mean, during that time, the Michigan State defense is known for grit, grind, toughness, and one of the, some of the best in the country. But still have a lot of familiar faces returning on the staff. Harlan Barnett and Mike Tressel return along with Ron Burton. Um, only three starters are coming back with Antoine Simmons, Xavier Henderson, and Jacob Panashuk. Um, we have eight leaving. Naquan Jones is somebody who also will be coming back. They played a lot of snaps last year. Um, I mean, it's a really going to be a really interesting season, I think, for this defense. You know, in year one without Mark D'Antonio or all, after all these years of success. Um, Joe, I'll start with you. I mean, what are your expectations for this defense this season? I mean, you're replacing a lot of guys, and specifically in the front seven, right? So, Raekwon Williams, um, Mike Potashuk, and then, of course... Kenny Willekes, and then on top of that, you're losing Tyree Thompson, who was kind of a staple linebacker. And I mean, that linebacking group with Bocce, Thompson, and um, Simmons last year—I mean, that was one of the better groups they've had, and you know, in recent years. And that was one of the best backing groups. I mean, linebacking groups in a while too. And just in, in the Big Ten, like that was a very consistent group. Um, you know, struggled a little bit in pass defense in uh, pass coverage, but otherwise, I mean, that was a pretty stacked front seven in terms of, like, guys who went on to the NFL and, you know, are sticking around a little bit, um, you know. So, 
you're replacing a lot, right? So the back four, the DBs, they was Josiah Scott too. He gets drafted by the Jaguars. Um, there's a lot to handle there. You know, you look at guys like Shakur Brown, Kalen Gervin, you know, how can they step up? And then on top of that, you'll go back to the front seven. Noah Harvey is a guy who I think is going to have a really, really big year. He played well throwing in for Bocce. So um, Naquan Jones is a guy you should expect to see a lot of, you know, making plays on the ball, especially playing that kind of center. But whether it's 4-3 or 3-4, whatever they kind of decide on, I know that's a little bit up in the air right now from what Hazleton told the said in his presser last week. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think that the expectations should be high because it's still a talented group, right? Um, but it's just whether or not those young guys who haven't been asked to play a lot of snaps in big games, how are they going to perform? I think the 4-3-3-4 defense is going to be very interesting, especially given Tucker's background a little bit. I think that's going to be interesting. And, I mean, I've I mean, I've mean, been following Michigan State football since I've been, you know, a kid. And seeing Michigan State line up in a 3-4 is going to be something that I cannot remember happening in my lifetime. It might have when I was younger when I didn't really understand that. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see if that happens. Something I'm looking forward to to see if that maybe um, Tucker and Hazleton try to maybe trot that out every once in a while, especially – in a Big Ten conference that, frankly, doesn't use it a whole lot. But, Gumble, I mean, what's your expectations for this defense? Um, I mean, like you said, there's going to be a lot of turnover, eight guys leaving, um, and there's going to be growing pains, but I don't think they're going to be as significant as a lot of people might think. Like Joe said, it's still a really talented defense, and what I think is really important for them is that is that in each part of the defense, in the line, linebacker, secondary, they got one guy who's like a good veteran presence, has that experience. They got... Jacob Panisha, who opted back in on the D-line. You got Antoine Simmons in the linebacker room, and then you got Xavier Henderson in the secondary. So I think having those guys will be good to kind of, I guess, move those guys who were kind of getting a little time last year into bigger roles and make them feel more comfortable. So, And I do think there's guys also on the defense that kind of saw some time last year. We're going to get bigger roles this year, and I think that they're going to really step in and excel in those roles. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, there is a lot of staples, I think, on each part, each unit of this defense. But I think the real question is going to be is who's going to step up in those gaps where they don't have the staples in the offense? Who's going to be the guys that rise into those starting roles? So, Joe, I'll swing it back to you. I mean, who are some of the guys you're looking to to possibly have like a big step up in where they were last year? Well, and a guy that I've been talking about a lot early on and what other people have talked a lot about is Kalen Gervin, right? Um, You know, he is a guy who could step right into that Josiah Scott role. Him and Shakur Brown are both similar size, about 5'11", 190, right? So that, it's going to be, and, you know, my expectation, you know, I guess what do I know? I'm not in the practice. I'm not the practices. But from what everybody's saying, you know, Shakur Brown played a role last year in some big games. And you'd have to expect him and Gervin, if Gervin is looking as good as people are saying within the building, you know, you'd have to expect that, those two guys are going to be the two starting corners, right, that you have. Um, they're the guys who are lining up on those number one receivers. I think Shakur Brown's going to be your number one corner, and then you look at Barnett and Gervin to kind of compete, compete for that number two spot. Don't know if Dominique Wong's in the mix. Um, so I think Shakur Brown is going to have a big year. Um, Gervin, too, if you know he pans out. He's struggled a little bit with consistency early on throughout his career. And then, of course, you know, um, Antoine Simmons is going to have to have a big year for the defense. You know, he was a guy who was probably the best player on the defense last season. And for him to go to the NFL, if he wants to put on enough tape to get drafted in the first four rounds, he's going to have to have a big season. And I know that's important to him. And also, I mean, he's 
the most aware and the, probably the best player on the defense this season, too, going into the year. I think he is going to have a massive year, and he's the guy who you really got to look for to be the leader of the defense. I mean, right from the get-go, as soon as even Mel Tucker was hired, I mean, they brought him to the introductory press conference to talk about the moment of meeting him and everything else. They kind of used Antoine Simmons to be, I mean, in a sense, kind of the poster boy for this Michigan State football team a little bit. So I think the expectations are obviously really high for him. I mean, Gumbel, who do you feel like is somebody who could be step up in a big way this season? Um, I think Noah Harvey, he's going to get a bigger role. He kind of came on a lot at the end of last year, but... I think with the absence of Joe Bocci, him and Simmons are going to form a good one-two punch in the linebacker um, room. And then a guy I really like is Xavier Henderson. I mean, he was talking with a lot of confidence, a lot of swagger uh, last week. And I mean, he's a guy that I feel like he's always had that. He was just, he was a freshman, sophomore. This year he's a junior. He has a year of starting experience under his belt. And I really think he's looked up to in that secondary room and the whole defense for that matter. So I think he's a guy that's in line for a big year. Yeah, I mean, Noah Harvey, obviously, I think is with a linebacking core that does lose Tyree Thompson, a guy in Joe Bocci that they lose partway through last year, and then they lose him completely. He's going to be really important because they're going to need some guys to step up in that role. One guys, one that you didn't mention that I thought was getting a lot of attention in your guys' press conference was Jalen Hunt, who could end up being the guy that maybe plays next to Naquan Jones as well. And I think he could also have a big year. He's, I believe he's a redshirt freshman this year. He's got yeah, he's great size, 6'4", 330. I think he could have a pretty good year. He's highly uh, highly rated in recruiting. I mean, he's a guy I think could potentially have a good year, especially with his size. I mean, at such a young age and everything. Joe, it looks like you want to chime in for a second on Jalen, maybe. Well, and, uh, and Jalen Hunt is a guy who a lot of people are talking about, man. And you think, I mean, Matt Allen talked about it. Matt Allen, a guy who at center is going against him consistently in practice. He said, you know, this guy's a freak athlete. And that is, like, going to be something that I think is going to stick out early. Like, when week one, when Rutgers rolls around, don't be surprised if you see him very early on in the game. Maybe not starting, but getting a lot of snaps on big moments, you know, maybe in the red zone, you know, where they really need a pass rush. Because apparently this guy is, like, just a freak athlete. And that's not something that you can teach. That's something that a guy, you're going to put him on the field and he's going to make something happen. Guys who have that kind of athletic ability. And at 6'4", 340, like, the dude's a house. Like, if you're going to put him at end or tackle wherever they slide him on the defensive line, I think he could have a lot of success. It's just whether or not, as a young guy who redshirts his first year, how is he going to adjust to playing against Big Ten-level offensive linemen? I think it's going to be interesting, too. I mean, in general, Michigan State hasn't had a lot of tremendously athletic guys on this defensive line in the last couple of years. I mean, you look at some of the guys, a lot of them were just technically talented. And that's not to say none of them weren't athletic. I mean, they obviously had to be to get to this point, but... You know, since they maybe haven't had an athletic freak like Jalen Hunt since Malik McDowell, probably. I mean, he's probably the last one that I can think of that they've had a guy like that that could, that would just, I mean, he's huge. And like you said, he's an athletic freak. I think he could be a really key factor, especially for a defensive line that last season struggled in the pass rush. I mean, Kenny Willekes had his moments, but outside of Kenny Willekes, there was a lack of pass rush for that defensive line. So, that's going to be something that's crucial for them. And, I mean, it's 6'4", 330, if they want to put him on the inside, I mean, he he fills a hole. He's going to fill some holes for you on defense and in the run game as well. So he could be very important, I think. Um, the secondary, though, I think might end up being the key for this, this defense going forward. Um, you look at the last few seasons, maybe one of the weaknesses that you, we would point out is that this defense allowed a lot of the big plays um, from time to time, especially the last couple seasons. I mean... Gumball, I'll swing it to you. I mean, what are you looking for in the secondary this year to try to maybe make an improvement? 
I think it's their best group on defense. Um, I'm just trying to see, like, how Barnett transitions from wide receiver back. He was a four-star corner coming in, plays receiver last year, going back to cornerback this year just to kind of see how, you know, how much run he gets, how he fits in with the defense. Like uh, Joe said, Kalen Gervin, a lot of people are talking about him having a big year, and Joe's going to have a piece on him later in the week that's going to be really good. Um, but I agree. I think Shakur Brown and Kalen Gervin will be the starters, and then Xavier Henderson uh, as the safety. I think I think they have a solid secondary, and, um, yeah, I think that's the least of their problems on defense. So I'm expecting big things out of their secondary this year. So I'll ask you this, Gumble. Do you think the no-fly zone could return? Um, I think it could, yes. I think it could. I think there's a chance. I mean, they're going to be playing some good quarterbacks this year. Justin Fields, um, Joe Milton, if he lives up to the hype. So, I don't know. They're going to have some tough tasks, but we'll see. <clears throat> Joe, you're shaking your head. No, I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I think that this secondary has some really talented individuals, like good Division One football players, right? Shakur Brown is going to be good. You know, Xavier Henderson has already proved he can play at a high level in this at this level of football. But it is not near the level of talent that Darquez Denard, Trey Wayne, like that group of guys really provided. And just, you know, looking back at that group, don't get me wrong, this group can really perform at a high level, but it's hard for me to think that this secondary, with all the struggles they had last year, I mean, the Illinois game, there was a bunch of guys from USC who had transferred to Illinois who were great wide receivers, four-star wide receivers, and they torched that defense. And that was when you had some really talented DBs. I was getting a phone call, sorry. And so that's, I, I just don't know. You know, it's hard for me to see. I got to watch week one. Even then, it's Rutgers. Um, Michigan's really going to be the first test for this defense, right? And that'll be that'll kind of be where we tell what happens and if this group can be that good. Yeah, I think the secondary, the the ones during that no-fly zone, I mean, you look back at that era, some of those guys came through, like you said, Dark Wesnar, Trey Waynes at the corners, guys like Curtis Drummond at safety, who just, I mean, they had some dudes back there, and then, I mean, they're going to have to, if they want to get there, I think they might have to prove it, but I do think Gumble is right, I think the secondary does have um, maybe one of their better units on the field this year, especially maybe an improvement. And that's surprising, you know, considering you lose Josiah Scott. But there's a lot of guys there who I think can make some plays. We'll see if Julian Barnett, who's going to be transitioning back from wide receiver or going in the corner from wide receiver. I mean, that's a guy who's talented, could ultimately emerge and fill some holes. I think they're deep at that position, too. It'll be interesting. And like Gumble said, I think Harlan Barnett, I mean, that was a guy who was looked at to be the heir apparent to D'Antonio at one point in time when he was the defensive coordinator and a guys that a lot of the former players were um, chanting for to be, to be the replacement. So um, there's a lot of respect for him um, in the program. I think Harlan Barnett and rightfully so um, I think he could maybe reverse the uh, you know, this, the, how the secondary has played in recent years, but it'd be interesting to see. And I think Joe's right. I mean, that first week, we're not going to really know against Rutgers and next week we're going to get into the schedule some more but this is a Rutgers team that's just not going to be good week one I mean it's a bad Rutgers team that you would I mean under Greg Schiano, who showed Rutgers some of their best years um I mean maybe there's a little bit of fight there that we haven't seen in a couple years under Chris Ash but I that Rutgers game, I would like to think Michigan State could pull off. But again, the secondary we're not really going to see until that Michigan week and when they have to face Joe Milton and some of some really talented wide receivers there. But 
Um, next, I'd like to go into the staff a little bit. And this is something I think I've talked about quite a bit, um, being something that I'm really interested in watching because there's so much experience across this defensive staff. You look at the top, you start with Mel Tucker, defensive coordinator in the NFL, um, bounces around the college for a while. I mean, he's he's got all the experience, obviously, as a head coach. Scotty Hazleton at Kansas State did a phenomenal job, um, did at Wyoming as well. Um, then you look at Harlan Barnett, goes to Florida State to be the defensive coordinator, was at Michigan State for some of the best defenses in Michigan State history. Mike Tressel takes over for him, who's going to be coaching the safeties. And, I mean, did a fine job in those couple of years he was defensive coordinator. Looked like he might be a candidate for the head coaching job at one point in time. And then you have Ross Ells, defensive coordinator at Purdue at one point. Ended up being the linebackers coach in Nebraska and uh, Colorado. And then followed Mel Tucker here. And then you also have Ron Burton, who has NFL experience as a coach and as a player. And, I mean, top to bottom, the staff, I think, has been very impressive the way Mel Tucker put it together. Um, Gumball, I'll start with you. I mean, how, how much are you looking forward to watching this defense in terms of how, like, maybe the staff puts it together? Yeah, no, I'm really excited about the defensive staff. Like you said, a lot of experience across the board at all levels. Mel Tucker's a defensive guy. I like Scotty Hazleton a lot. He had a lot of success at Kansas State. Um, he's got an unreal beard, and I think he brings a lot of energy, uh, to the, to the entire defense. But what I like the most is their second. Secondary coaches, Harlan Burnett coming back from Florida State. Henderson touched on it last week. He said that you know when he first got to campus, he did a lot of work with Harlan Burnett right before he left, and he was really disappointed to see him go. And so I think he's a guy coming back that, that all those guys look up to. And then you mix that with Mike Tressel, who has the familiarity with the D'Antonio regime, who can kind of you know mix that together with Burnett. I think that will be really good for them as well. So I'm really excited about the entire defensive staff. Yeah, I think when you talk about like Hazleton and them coming in, one, also, to touch on your point, great beard. It's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. But, I mean, I think it is one of the other things, too, is like not only are they bringing some of the great things from the D'Antonio era with some of that staff on defense, but they're also bringing in some new blood that may bring in some new ideas, some fresh things to that staff. So I am excited to see it in that regard, too. I mean, Joe, what are you excited for to look for in this defensive staff? Barnett coming back and coaching the Watt and coaching the Coyers. Uh, Ron Barnett, that was like, I thought, a very underrated move. And also keeping Ron Burry on the defensive line as well. You know, a guy who, his defensive line has been good every year he's been coached there. He's a, he just knows what he's doing. He's just good at his job. It's obvious because there's a lot of success that happens there. And Barnett, the uh, DBs really needed a guy at that level, a guy who had success previously here. Um, so I'm really excited about Harlan Barnett. And just kind of to see where, you know, what he's able to do with these young DBs, right? Because, like, Xavier Henderson's a guy who's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of get-off on the ball. He's got a lot of, like, he can move. And so whether or not, you know, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to utilize him? Are they going to play Henderson up more in the box? Are they going to play him as more of, like, a roamer where he can just make plays on the ball? I think it's going to be interesting to see how Barnett lets these guys just go and play. Um, You know, because you've got some guys who can be really physical ball-hawking corners and safeties, you know, guys who can make some plays in the ball. It's just whether or not their technique, you know, because that was what happened a lot of last year. a lot of inconsistency, a lot of penalties, a lot of getting beat on big pass plays, and you got to shore that up. So, you know, are you going to play conservative or are you going to go aggressive? It's going to be interesting for me what Barnett decides to do with the secondary. I think the secondary ultimately, in my opinion, may be probably just the most like crucial position outside of maybe the offensive line for the MSU this year to see if they can limit those big plays. 
It's because I mean, a year ago, like you like you brought up Joe that Illinois game where they just got burnt time after yeah. time. It started right at halftime of that game. It was that massive pass play down the right side of the field, and it was like, are you like you give up a play like that? You know, that's the type of play that at the end of the half you got to be playing conservative, right? You got to play some prevent defense and not let that happen. So it's going to be interesting. Like, can they? And that's what's going to make or break a lot of games for this team is the secondary and whether or not they can play well against good quarterbacks because there's a lot of good quarterbacks on the schedule. There's a lot mm-hmm. of guys who can throw the ball. I also think, too, it's just going to be really interesting to see how much Mel Tucker and Hazleton decide to keep some of those, some of the um, the Michigan State things of old while transitioning into new things. And I think the 3-4 could be really interesting. And like I said, in a Big Ten, that a conference that frankly hasn't, we don't see a lot of that in the Big Ten. And I think it could be interesting to see how that works out, especially in such a run-heavy conference, too. Um, no, I think the staff, I mean, Mel Tucker, one of the reasons he came here was because he got a huge staff budget, and he, I think he utilized it in a very smart way, bringing back some key players off of that Michigan successful Michigan State defense while bringing in some really talented minds on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, next, we're moving on to something fun to wrap up with the podcast. What we came up with is the Michigan State defense draft. So we're going to be picking Michigan State players over the course of history on defense, to, and we are uh, doing a snake draft where you pick one player for the defensive line, one for the linebackers, and then one for the secondary. I decided to give Joe the number one pick as, uh, you know, just new to snooze. He has to get the first pick. I'll give Gumble two, and I'll give myself the back-to-back slot at three. Um, I mean, Joe, if you are ready, I will let you go ahead and announce your first pick. I think you're muted. There you go. Oh, see, it's classic Zoom, right? Yep. I'm not ready. But we're, we're getting there. Give me like two seconds. Okay. Hey, you know what? I'm going to go with the secondary to start here. I'm going with Dark West and I. Ah, that was my pick. <laughs> hmm. Well. It's interesting. I guess I'll have to take my number two guy then if Denard is off the board and I will scoop up Trey Wings. Wow. Oh, okay. So- See, that leads me in a weird spot because I was also going secondary and I didn't think you guys would follow me in that direction. So um, I might bounce back to secondary and try to figure that out later. And I think I'll I'll go with, um, yeah, I might as well because it's not like you guys are going to pick one. So that would be dumb of me to wait till the last round. Um, I'm going to go with the linebacker position and go with... uh, Percy Snow, who, father to Darius Snow, who's now a true freshman at Michigan State, will be playing safety. I mean, he's one of the all-time greats. He's re- his number's up, retired. I think I have to go with him. I'm going to go with Percy Snow on this one. I, think it just, I don't think I can leave him on the board. Oh, I have the back-to-back slot, too. Ooh. Didn't you just start term in the draft order? Yeah, and I didn't even think oh, of the back to back. I forgot I had back to back already. I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm watching the Browns on draft day. Come on. <laughs> uh, d- are, is it the draft day movie? Is that or which one? Or the actual Browns? I can't stand that movie. <laughs> Mac, no matter what, Eli. It's an awful movie. Um, I think I'm gonna go with Shalee Calhoun on the defensive line. Um, I mean, you want to talk about a monster? Um. 
I just in his years at Michigan State, he was absolutely insane. So I'm gonna go with Calhoun. Damn it! Once again, my pick snapped right in front of me. Um, I will go D line as well for my second pick, and I will scoop up Malik McDowell. Okay. Wow, one. that's oh man, that makes you mad. Trey Wayne Wait, does it does it have to be a guy who was uh? With the program for a long time, or could he could he have transferred? I mean, I mean, I'm Nick Foles if you want. Yes, because <laughs> I got I got a guy up my sleeve right now on the edge. I'd like but, to hear it, Ben. So I would say go for it. Okay, Mont, because I'm pretty sure he went to MSU at one point. And transferred Montez Sweat. I knew I knew. Yep. Yeah. Ah. that's a cop out pick. I know it was. It's because <laughs> I needed I needed D lineman, man. I didn't know who else. There's actually actually Willikis would probably be really good. I guess yeah. Willikis would have been. Here was the other one since everyone's taken all of their defensive linemen. That I, was my second guy if Calhoun got scooped from me, and that was Will Golston. Yeah, Will Golston, Jarrell Worthy. Yeah, Jarrell Worthy was the other one. Um, I mean, Will Golston still ki- kicking it with the Buc- Buccaneers starting. I mean, he's. Oh man, I botched that. I botched that pick. <laughs> the Will Gol- Will Golston man when he was here no, too was No, not because of that because I should have picked I should have picked Julian Peterson. <laughs> oh, that would have been better. Yeah, better than Montez Sweat. <laughs> All right, Gumble, who are you going with? So I need a linebacker, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Screw it. You know what? Give me Joe Bocci. Oh. Joe Bocci to round out the defense. I mean, you want to talk about Mr. Consistency. I mean, from his start, I mean, he was getting, I mean, just insane levels of tackles every single year. I mean, he sure is up your run game, that's for sure. Yes, sir. I like my defense. (sighs) I got to go with corner, and I'm not going to lie, I was not expecting everyone to just um, pile on on that one. Um, But I'm going to go with another recent one, um, and he's doing it really well for the Colts. Um, as safety, I'll, I'll go with Kari Willis. I mean, that guy was just a leader, did everything right, Mr. Fundamentals almost. I just, yeah, I'm going to go with Kari Willis. That's a good pick. All right, you get the wrap up, Joe. Hey, I still got to pick a linebacker. So, yep. I know exactly. Dan Bass. Dan Bass. Dan Bass, he is the all-time leader. I, I know this because he's in the MSU Athletics Hall of Fame. He is the all-time leader in tackles at MSU. Dan Bass. Oh, okay. Four-year starter. He's from Bath, Michigan. Hey, close to here. Uh, close to yeah, East Lansing area, homegrown. He was very good. He has the most tackles in one game for MSU, too. He had like 34 How? tackles in a game. When was he uh, at Michigan State? Because I don't recognize oh, the name, actually. 19, uh, well, I got to double-check that, though. What is it? I think it was 76 to 80. Okay, so that, yeah, well before our time. Way back. No, I only know this because I talked to, it was way, way back when they did the Hall of Fame induction, he got inducted, and that's how I knew who he was. Gotcha, okay. Well, it's a, it was like a year, like about a year ago. Hey, so, leading hey, tackler? Yeah, 34 tackles in a game, which is insane to think about happening in today's college football. Like, when was the last time someone had that many tackles, 30 tackles in a game? Yeah. Some of the linebackers that got left off that I want to mention, and I almost went with it from the start, but I couldn't leave Percy Snow off. Greg Jones is one that I thought about, 
And then the other one was also Danico Allen and Darian Harris as well. All three of them, Danico Allen and uh, Darian Harris played really big roles in the Rose Bowl and in uh, some of those those games in recent memory that I was thinking about. Um, Justin Lane. Justin Lane and Josiah Scott both were on my mind. Uh, Monte Nicholson was another one from that time. Um, Curtis Drummond was another. Wasn't Tony Lippett... Didn't they switch him to corner once he got to the NFL? Yeah, and he, yeah, he still plays DB. Yeah, NFL. which is interesting. Who's he with right now? He was with the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, yeah but I think he tore his Achilles or ACL towards the end there, if I remember right, like last season. He's on, he's on Cincinnati. Okay. Oh, I think Trey Wayne's is over there too in Cincinnati. Yeah, and then Darquez <laughs> is in Atlanta. Yeah, Denard's with Atlanta now. It is crazy to honestly think back and look at some of the players from that era and where they are, that Rose Bowl playoff kind of era. There's a lot that are still bouncing around the league from that early D'Antonio era too, but towards the end there, it really started to dip down in terms of the amount because there was one year, I'm looking, I'll look at it right now. I mean, 2016, they had five draft picks. 2012, you had one, two, three, you had six with Jarrell Worthy, Kirk Cousins, Keyshawn Martin, Trenton Robinson is another... DB, I didn't think about. Jeremy Ware is another one, too. I'm pretty sure. Don't they also have... Doesn't Michigan State also have, like, one of the longest streaks for players getting drafted every year? I don't think it's the longest, but it is one of the longest. Yeah, I remember seeing that somewhere. One of the couple... I think I hear every single draft as soon as one comes off the board. I think that's just the common thing I always hear. It's kind of like the Matthew Stafford being Kirk Cousin... Or, not Kirk... uh, Clayton Kershaw's best friend. That one, yeah. Haven't heard that one before. Yeah, no, never heard that one before. All right, so, Joe, your team ended up being with Darquez, Denard, Montez Sweat, Dan Bass. Gumble. It's a very random team. It is a random team. The Darquez, Denard right off the bat was great. Then after that, like, it it gets a little random, but I, it's a solid list. I mean, talk about guys that were productive. Those dudes would compete. Yeah, exactly. Gumble, you've got Trey Waynes, Leek McDowell, and Joe Bocci. Um, then I'm running with Percy Snow, Shalit Calhoun, and Kari Willis. But, hey, great lists. I love them. We'll, I'll definitely we'll put a poll up on Twitter, see how people are feeling about it, per usual. Well, that'll be an easy dub. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank, I want to thank you guys for coming on once again. Next week we'll be coming on to talk about the schedule, a breakdown, and I, that's the one I'm personally most excited for is to start talking some actual football and some matchups because I have not been able to talk about that in a long, long time. Sir, just two weeks, two and a half weeks away. Oh man, that is frightening. Yeah, it's creeping up. It's creeping up. Well, I'll be excited to talk about the schedule with you guys next week. And thank you as always for listening. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.